the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives captives free. Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Give up a chance. Give up your heart. Love never fails. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with Janine Grigsby. She is an amazing leader who is a re-entry services coordinator for Alameda County, responsible for re-entry systems change. And in her off hours, she is an attorney that focuses on mediation and public interest law, which means fighting for anything affecting the well-being, the rights or finances of the public at large most commonly advocating for those living in poverty or marginalized populations. Yay, Janine! I believe that she believes that everyone can learn, change, and grow, and that everyone is worth investing in. Yes, and none of us are above or below the other. We are all different, connected paths, and what each of us do affects each other. Um, one of her quotes that she loves is uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., which says, injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. And I just love that. Um, I wholeheartedly agree with you and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I misquoted him. OK, I should never do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Justice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Absolutely. Yes. So um, I I just love that um, you are doing some work um, for those that are reentering the community in your day life. And then in your in your off hours, you're advocating and providing legal services to people. Kind of. So, so we're going to talk at, at some point in here about what you do for fun. Cause we got, I mean, <laughs> it sounds like it, there's no, no time for rest. So, uh, which is very familiar, not me, of course. But, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so just thinking a little bit, um, I'd love to back a little bit. Let's go back. Yeah. Uh, you know what, why are you uh, so uh, committed here to uh, the, the well-being of other to people who are marginalized and people who maybe have been overlooked in our society. 
Yeah, I just think there's a lot of inequity, injustice and unfairness in our society. It's just across the board. You see it just about everywhere you look. And so um, I feel like because of the ability that I've had to go get an education and have some of the experiences um, and life lessons that I've had is it's a responsibility of mine to then take that and empower and help improve the lives of other people around me. It just, um, yeah, it's, it's about sharing and spreading the privilege that I've, I've, I've been gifted. So, um, Mm. and I think the more of us that do that, the better off we're all going to be. So I couldn't agree more. I often think about my own privilege. Um, and you know, I grew up really rough and, uh, and yet, I was able to get my education, you know, it took me 10 years, but I got a degree and, um, you know, I'm in school now and, 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 you know, so I should be grateful for that, you know, and, and, uh, and like you said, I, in that gratitude, be a bridge to other people that have not yet had that opportunity as it's an interesting perspective, isn't it, Janine? I'm sure you've experienced hardship in your life, but when you start to think about the things that, um, you know, you've been able to achieve. It's so it's such a blessing to be able to help others with those. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 All day, every day. It really is. And it's kind of like, I know there was a, another quote that I like. It was, I don't remember who said it, um, but it's essentially saying the meaning of life is to find your gift and the purpose of life is to give it away. So I think mm, it's like, I've never heard that. Mm-hmm. yeah so it's like it, it's good to be able to live a life where you know of service i think it, it's we're only here for so long <laughs> yeah yeah and i feel much better doing that than the alternative so yeah so tell me about your your uh have you always worked in as a re-entry service coordinator for alameda county or have you done different roles over the years Oh, no, I was never in reentry services. So um, I tried even going through law school, I tried to stay away as much as possible from the criminal side because I felt like it's just filled with heartbreak. You know, every day you're going to see stuff that isn't fair and there's going to be nothing you could do about it, really. Um, and so I passed the bar. I like you. I, you know, did many, many years in school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not yeah. take the traditional path. Um, but after I passed the bar, I thought it was going to be quick. I had not, so you have to do two steps. You have to pass the bar and pass a background check. And I was told the background takes about six months. So I wasn't sure I was going to pass the bar. So I didn't do it beforehand. And after I passed, I was like, oh, now I got to fill out the paperwork, do the background check in six months. I'll be good. And that six months turned into two years. <laughs> so, <Wow. laughs> yeah, so I just say it's God that brought me here, but, um, I ended up getting a (laughs) yeah. The end of God, (laughs) absolutely. Because I was like doing everything I could to stay away. Because I just I felt like again, like there was you couldn't like if you're on the prosecutor side, you have limitations. You can maybe not prosecute some people, but some people you have to, and the restrictions and mandates. And then if you're on the defendant side, then equally there's other stuff. I just I I couldn't see a way to enter the criminal justice world and feel okay about myself every time I went back home to lay down in bed. I just, I just didn't. So I tried to stay away from it. Um, and then I got a call from Neola Crosby, who was the old reentry services coordinator. <laughs> and it was during that like six month window and I wasn't working and I was, 
I was trying to transition from finance world to law. And so now that I had passed the bar, I was ready. So I wasn't looking for anything permanent, just something to get me through that small little six month hump. And she needed me, I think, for seven months. And I was like, nope, can't do it. And she was like, I just seven months, if you could give me that. And so I said, okay. And then um, once I got here, I realized we have this really unique niche where it's like, there's this carve out in the law where we have guaranteed funding and we have a requirement that all of the change makers sit at the table and really try to put their heads together to figure out how to make things better for people in Alameda County and safer. And so it's like all the pieces are here to really be able to make that change within the criminal justice system that I thought was impossible. So I've always said, as long as that, exists and long as that we have um, leadership here at probation that's willing to allow us to, you know, make some changes and, um, you know, do some things that um, are new and yeah. unconventional in this area right? and kind of drive um, some of the change that I think is, is required and possible, then I will, I will be here willing and ready to do that work. And so I'm excited about what we're going to be able to do. We'll my biggest fear is we get it wrong. So uh, we'll see. Well, well our gar- we are guaranteed to get it wrong. That's one right. thing I've learned. We're guaranteed <laughs> yeah. to get it wrong, but but here's the commitment. We won't stop there, right? We won't Absolutely. stop. Absolutely. Yes. We're going to keep, that- keep trying. And so people, you know, it's, it's funny in this space, especially in this day and age, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of slinging stuff, you know, mm-hmm. stuff that doesn't smell good. You know, you mm-hmm. did this and you did that. And you know what? I'm just of the mind that if I don't get in to try to try to do it and, mm-hmm. and, and, and fail forward, um, right. then who will? Who who yeah. who will who yeah. will take the step to and you know I definitely won't always get it right and and I try you know hopefully uh, uh, you know me and the organization and others and that I'm in community with such as yourself try to be accepting and you know caring towards mm-hmm. people that are struggling along the way to okay. say oh you know that didn't quite that wasn't quite right but but I believe in you you can get it right you know so yeah. Yeah. and that, or or better yet how can we come alongside you to help you get it right right how can right I- <laughs> okay yeah. we're gonna take a quick break because I want to talk about East Bay Interagency Training Council because I feel yes. like that is that kind of organization that is mm-hmm. you know that the, the the council is that kind of group that yes. is a little off sometimes in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> that I agree with. Okay, <laughs> I agree okay. with. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take a quick break. We're going to come back. What is EBIATC? What are we doing together? Why are we doing it? And we'll just kind of bring the, uh, the listening audience in. Thank you all for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Are you struggling to find peace in your life? Feeling anxious or going through a difficult life storm? 
Scott Dixon, a Christian humanitarian filmmaker and host of the Dove Teachings web series, wants you to know that you are not alone. Go to doveteachings.org to see great Dove Teaching lessons, pastor insights, and aspiring testimonies. You can watch the current show and more at doveteachings.org. That's D-O-V-E teachings.org, where you will find peace in your daily life through the teachings of Jesus. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Janine Gritsby, who is the Reentry Services Coordinator for Alameda County, responsible for reentry systems change. She's also an attorney that does mediation and public interest law in her off hours, advocating for impoverished and marginalized populations. And um, we also work together uh, closely in a council that is called East Bay Interagency Training Council. We've been in place. uh, We actually started just before the pandemic in January 2020. um, And we are just a bunch of uh, leaders. Uh, you know, that that are uh, we have Darlene Sloan, who is um, just amazing. Hawkins amazing. Sloan, who is mm-hmm. she is uh, she is leading up the social services side of things. We've got Jim Cates and 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 Courtney and Be- Beverly Brooks and just a bunch of folks from Merritt coming in. We've got, you know, Kim Jones from Oakland Adult and Career Education. We've got. Um, uh, we've got Mansoor from ICS. We've got Dr. Stevens, Sugar Tea, uh, yeah. from uh, Work It. You know, we've got a, 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 just a, an amazing group um, of folks that are there. Nobody's getting paid. I want y'all to understand mm-hmm. nobody's getting paid to be there in this council. This is a, a heart work. This is a work of people coming together because we want to ensure that marginalized populations, underserved populations in Alameda County have access to careers in IT. And yeah. those would include um, our, our beloved community members that are re-entering society after incarceration. And so, um, you know, I, thank you, Janine, for being the representative. And um, what are your thoughts? You know, are you hopeful? How do you see this group of folks working together? to make a difference for the populations that you serve. Oh, I'm so hopeful. <laughs> Darlene is probably the result of most of that. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's one of those things again about like justice and equity, right? We ha- are capable of working in the IT industry. People who are marginalized and unrepresented in IT, it's not because they're not capable of being there. It's because they're not exposed to the opportunities and that's not something where they grew up seeing. So it's not something that they know is available to them. So our work of really getting these different pathways and avenues that um, allow real low barriers of entry for people of color and people um, who are low income or people who have been part of the reentry population for, you know, numerous different reasons, not always their fault, um, to be able to let them know that this opportunity exists is not only accessible for you, but um, we're going to be there supporting you and advocating for you, um, not only through the training, but also, which I love about your organization, like actually connecting to employment, which I think is huge. Um, Having a whole bunch of different degrees and stuff behind my name, it's like, 
that means nothing when it comes to the employment line. <laughs> you know what I mean? It helps. Yeah. It's a leg up. But finding mm-hmm. that job, especially for people of color, um, can be a challenge. So there are people connected to the industry that are really invested in helping make that happen. And so I, I think it's an awesome idea. I got pulled in um, from Neola. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I talked to Darlene after Neola retired and she wanted me to be part of the team, which I really appreciated. So yeah, I'm I'm all in. I don't know that I'm the best person to be all in because I have no ID background. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm here to support and help in whatever way I can. And yeah, the organization's been doing some awesome, awesome impacts. I think with the help of Love Never Fails too, and Merit College, all those connections, I'm really excited about what we're going to be able to do. Yeah. So just so everyone's clear, the the idea is that we would go into the different populations that we serve, whether they be reentry, they be trafficked, they be domestic violence survivors, they be people who are unemployed or, you know, some under-resourced, marginalized in some way. And we all have our different places. You know, Alameda County Office of Ed is included. Some people are in adult school. Some people are, um, you know, just a variety of different experiences. And um, and 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 so they come in through the front door, through the EBIATC front door where they do an intake and there from that intake, they're split off into different types of experiences. If somebody's interested in learning about promotions and, and multimedia um, in terms of marketing, um, they may go over to work it. With Sugar Tea, that's her focus. If there are veterans, um, they may, you know, and located in the Berkeley area, they may go over to ICS. And that's kind of the door, the, the front, front, the first step. If they're interested in uh, maybe they're survivors of human trafficking or they're uh, reentry, they're, um, you know, they're um, domestic violence, uh, survivors of gender based violence, these kinds of challenges. Then they'll come into the IT biz door, right? And um, and I believe actually ICS also takes a reentry as well. So yes. they come into these deep different doors depending on where they live and what their preferences are. None of us, you know, we all share and refer back and forth, um, and we're the front door. And then as they come into the front door, we then start a co enrollment strategy where they are co-enrolled at Marin College, they're co-enrolled in Oakland Adult and Career Education, they're co-enrolled in these other services. Why do we do co-enrollment? So they can have more resources, they can have more help, they can have more opportunity to actually get family-sustaining placement. And so um, each of us has our niche, if you will, and our and the way that we get them into that family sustaining place. And I can tell you from an IT biz standpoint, our, you know, our jam is those five pathways. So it's going to be either you want to be a technician or an engineer. You want to be a sales tech sales. You want to be customer service. You want to you want to do either become a, a Google project manager, agile project manager, you want to be an entrepreneur, and then we're adding a sixth pathway now, which is data scientist, data analyst, which is a it's piloted at the moment. We're piloting that. So we got those six pathways, and then they're co-enroll with merit. And what we're seeing is they're going off, and we're seeing about a 61% placement rate. Um, and then what's cool about it is that we're then partnering with employers like Checker, right? Which are second chance employers. These are employers that their jam is to work with people 
that, you know, have been previously incarcerated. So they are looking for uh, the opportunity to place people, uh, you know, just naturally and organically. We're also working with UPRO, which is uh, Europe's placement arm. We're working with 110, uh, which is for Black uh, in, uh, talent that does not have a four-year university. So we're working with these organizations. We have a handshake with them to place then our employees in there. And so the beautiful part of it is Janine has her her folks that she's representing and she's just, you know, funneling them through. So, so tell us uh, so far, have you had, have you been able to see, and, you know, I know we've been trying to work on these handoffs. Have yes. you seen anyone go all the way through thus far? I have not. I haven't. Um, okay. I haven't been on board. Yeah, I haven't. And I was, to be honest, a little bit hesitant um, because as we've been developing all these connections and these pathways, you know, it has been a process. So I wanted to make sure we had that process in place because sometimes for our population, you know, um, disappointment is real. And for when they're trying to attain something they already feel like is somewhat out of their hands, when they hit barriers, for some people, that barrier can be a stop versus something that they have to work to get on the other side of. So um, now that I think we have really clear pathways and we have a good way to actually identify people and make sure that they're supported through the whole process, now we're really going to start making sure that we're recruiting and we have extra benefits for people. So we have services, we have money, we can support them. I know the Workforce Development Board is on the table and they have different programs um, on social services too. So there's a lot of support that anyone coming through the program can really get from all yeah. of our partners working together. And yeah. Yeah. And I think that people are starting to open up to this idea that, you know, um, people do get need a fair chance. They need a second chance. And, you know, when we come back, I want us to talk, Janine, about, you know, you have this background. You're an attorney by trade. Mm -hmm. Talk about this, this, you know, this, the elephant in the room, which is someone has committed a crime. And what does that say about them? Can they actually work in an environment and not be violent or not be, you know, um, uh, you know, someone who's not reliable. Can they be reliable? These are things that I'm, I'm at, you know, just keeping it 100. These are things that people ask me offline. And so I right. want to talk to you about that and talk about kind of the underlying social justice issues that are informing some of the places that we find people and why it's so important that we make these investments now. So we'll be right back uh, to hear from Janine about this. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. 
My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Janine Grigsby, who is uh, just uh, filling me in on all things re-entry and, and, uh, you know, attorney by trade. We're going to talk a little bit about being re- and what does it mean to be in the re-entry world, right? Um, we ha- I think we have the best of intentions to support people as they're getting reacclimated. Many sometimes coming back from life sentences, right, um, where they maybe need to get reacclimated digitally, socially, integrated with their families. And here is this other piece, which is employment, which is such a big part of their stabilization. Tell me about let's talk a little bit about that elephant in the room, right? You know, this this whole kind of question as to how safe is this? and um, and should I make this this, you know, sh- should I be intentional about uh, bringing more of this in as an employer? What are your thoughts on that? Yes, yes, and yes. So I love that you said earlier about failing forward, right? So mm-hmm. um, people get caught up in the criminal legal system for a lot of different reasons. Um, but a lot of times it's because they did something wrong, right? And we've all in our lives done something wrong. <laughs> that does not mean that um, across the board, because we've made one mistake or did something stupid or made a bad decision at one point in our lives, is that does not mean that that defines who we are for the rest of our lives. And a lot of times people are coming out of incarceration, especially people who have done those long stints, people coming out on parole, you know, they are ready for a fresh start. They don't necessarily want to go back after spending 10, 15 years inside. Um, And so there's a lot of studies that have been done about people in the reentry community getting jobs and they do really well when they're employed. Like they are great employer employees. They're loyal and they do show up on time. Um, And they are usually dedicated and grateful and thankful for the opportunity to work. And so a lot of the stories that you hear, I think, for the most part, are just that. Um, And it also depends on the population you're working with. You know, some people are still young and they're still kind of trying to find themselves like a lot of us did when we were younger. (laughs) Uh um, You know, that it might be harder as far as employment to get somebody who's still kind of um, hasn't necessarily figured everything out yet in a job, but anyone who really is looking for work and wants work and work is really important to keeping our community safe. So the more we can do to invest in people and, and help people find actually 
jobs that can help them support them and their families. Um, yeah. The safer our communities will be. It's not a great thing, but my grandma used to say, if you don't work, you steal. And it's kind of that idea if if I can't support my kids, if I can't make sure they have a roof over their head and food in their mouths, I might decide to do what I have to do in order to make sure they have a roof over their head and food in their mouth. So having these other opportunities and having people invest in people and see them not for one bad thing that they did in the past, but for who they are today, I think is a really important step to um, helping us all have safer communities. And that's the ultimate goal. Something that happened over the weekend that was just really profound is I met with two pastors um, just by chance. I just came across them and they started, I, they knew a little bit about what I did and they shared some personal stories with me. And one of them shared that their, their child got into some trouble at the age of 18. Another one shared that their child got into some trouble at the age of 19. And in both of those situations, they threw every resource that they had at those cases. And, um, you know, of course, they they they're praying people and they began to pray for their son. But they but they 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 came alongside their their children and um, and they, they, you know, moved to other states to be by them. They went to all their court cases. They got them the best attorney. They, you know, and and and, and let, let me just say that the, the things that they were being charged with. Um, if they were here in California, neither of these individuals would be charged in California for those things. Mm-hmm. But uh, not today, not with today's laws as, as they are. But but it, it just was very interesting to listen to it because I've I've heard other situations where, you know, and I'll just say people who are living in poverty, they don't even have mm-hmm. the 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 money to buy the bus ride down to the courthouse, uh, much less take off of work to be there, you know, to, to advocate or secure an attorney or move to another state or, you know, and so there's, you know, I think about my financial situation. I mean, I would be able to get the very best for my children. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you would have caught me, you know, when, when I was with my first son and I was 23, and living in an abandoned building with him as a single mom, I would not have been able to do anything for him. I couldn't right. even get $500 together for rent. I had to borrow from a bunch of people to make it happen. So, um, you know, the, the point is sometimes we find ourselves in these situations because, like you said, we're young and we do something stupid. But sometimes the stupid thing that one group of people does gets you know the the support and the care absolutely yeah even before then even before the charging state a lot of people won't even be charged you know the people working in the system will say oh this person has a good family you know this person is going to get the support that they (laughs) that we think they need so they don't need to be charged and this was just a mistake it was a one-time thing it's not who they are and based on your skin color based on how much money you have when people view you and see you you know and you come from it from you know, the inner city, they're going to say, oh, this is what, this is everyone's path that comes from there. It's not going to get any better, just going to get worse. And so some of the biases that we hold totally impact the system and how, um, whether or not people get caught up in the system. And a lot of times, you know, um, there are people who, if they have the money and the connections um, and the skin color, (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, yeah. they they would never see the system. You can do the exact same thing of people who have been incarcerated and end up in the system and have two totally different results. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It, when you look at the data, it is it was just shocking, actually. When I looked mm-hmm. at the, the dis, disproportionality in terms of the number of people that are charged with this particular crime and the number of them that actually um, go to jail versus not. And like you said, yes. uh, what ethnicity they are and how much education they have about the criminal system. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, that's the other thing, not knowing your rights. And and there's all kinds of data about plea bargaining. And I was just uh, about to say that. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's so amazing. How yeah, many of how many impoverished people, in particular BPOC, impoverished people are accepting pleas because they think, I don't know, you know, what my rights are. Now, mm-hmm. you know, the question is, well, are they doing the crime? I know somebody's thinking that. They're going, well, right. are, they doing, are they doing the crime? Probably. But did we do the crime and get off? Right, right. right. If I and did the crime the and got point. off at 18... And yes. somebody else who's less privileged and less mm-hmm. educated comes from a poor mm-hmm. family, does the crime and they get uh, criminalized, which was yes. Right. And how many um, people out there have done the crime and never been caught for it? So they don't have that criminal record, but they still did the exact same thing. And so we don't judge them or think they're going to show up late, <laughs> even though they have done literally the exact same thing. There's just no record of it. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're going to come back because I have some data specific to uh, human trafficking that I'd like to share with you, Janine, just to get your thoughts. Again, this is a hard one, um, you know, uh, in the in the African-American black community. Um, we I did a presentation with a lovely woman um, in uh, at the Survivor Speak 2023. Um, and Tanish Hollins does an amazing event every year. And she did this event earlier this year. And we. We co-presented to talk about uh, with the tagline, saving ourselves, addressing the issue of human trafficking in the hurting black community. And I'd love to get your take on a few bits of data and just kind of, again, coming back to this issue of how do we how do we address the social issue, but at the same time um, restore and go back into places that have been systemically and traditionally discriminated against and are impoverished and say, how do we make this right? Right. And while also dealing with and caring for the victims of many of these crimes. So we'll come right back and thank you for listening. Love never fails. For more information on this program, visit love never fails us.com. That's love never fails us.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. 
Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio just having a great time talking with Janine and about reentry and advocacy and um, just to share some data that might be um, interesting to the listening audience and get your uh, take on this, Janine. So, some, you know, Rights for Girls has done a study and they found that 40% of those that are trafficked in the U.S. are black girls. Um, and 26% of those that are trafficked are Latino girls or Latinas. Okay. And uh, girls are women. And, and interestingly, 44%, according, and this is according to a study, um, and I will get that study in a second here. Um, a study of, by, it was uh, Springer Link is one of the, an HHS. Um, so Homeland Security um, also had some data that I pulled. And um, this study showed that 44% of those that are traffickers, now I'm gen- this is just a study that was done, are African-American and 29% are Latino. So I thought it was very interesting that 40% of the of girls, black girls, I mean, of those that are exploited are black girls and 44% from this stu- these two studies, 44% are black men. And then that parity of 20, sorry, it was 24% Latinas and 29% uh, are exploit of the exploiters were black or Latino men. And so the parity just jumped out at me to say the same thing that's causing someone to be exploited is the same thing that's causing them to be an exploiter. And then I, I, I went back and I looked at the, the markers, right? And I noticed that there was a, a theme. Both had experienced generational trauma. Both had experienced generational discrimination, generational poverty, epidemics like heroin, crack, and now we're dealing with fentanyl, system involvement, incarceration, foster care, welfare, loss of lack of basic needs, high adverse childhood experiences, low educational and or exposure to disabilities being differently abled. Um, you know, and experiencing ADHD and a variety of other learning challenges, uh, being on the spectrum at a disproportionate rate. Right. When we know that these populations don't represent, you know, 40 percent in the case, 40 some odd percent of the community um, uh, in the case of black or 24 to 29 percent. That's a little closer with Latinos, but it, it, there's this disproportionality. Tell me, does this jump off the page to you? Do you feel like there's parent, you know, there's a, a common theme here and how should we, how should we re- address this? You know, cause we have victims and we have 
people who are being victimized, you know, vic- victimizing others. And mm-hmm. how do we reconcile? Yeah, it's um, it's heartbreaking. But it's again, I think that the causes are easy to point out. The fixes, I think, are harder. Um, and often, you know, hurt people hurt people. So oftentimes the people who are caught up in our system have trauma that they've dealt with personally themselves that um, is unaddressed. Just being black in America, there's all kind of studies now about um, racial trauma and PTSD and the symptoms of that. That's without having to face poverty, crime, um, any kind of violence in the home. And as there's more stresses and less wealth, there's also, (laughs) it's so easy, but so complicated, right? Because it's like, (laughs) it's like we de-invest in communities for years upon years, and then we expect them to rise and, and, and act and be in the same place as everybody else. And it's just not going to happen when you don't have the options and opportunities that other people have and what when what you see and what is highlighted and what is raised up is stuff that is not necessarily positive. And when you have a whole country who demoralizes, devalues and over-sexualizes, um, especially particularly women of color, it's not a surprise that you have them and those who are closest to them more likely to, um, be engaged in the trafficking because a lot of times you know when traffic women a lot of them on some level at some moment knew the person who's trafficking them right they Mm -hmm. got connected to them there was a some sort of relationship of trust built even if that was one that required um violence in order to create (laughs) right Right. Mm -hmm. and so it, it would be hard for someone to come outside of the community in or harder for somebody who um, doesn't look like you, who you don't identify with to come from outside, I think, and do it to the levels that it's being done within our communities. Um, I think when you know who the people are who are most vulnerable, when you can identify them, when you can connect to them, and it happens across the board, it can happen to anybody at any time as a single mother of a daughter. It's something that I always tried to educate my daughter about. You can only do so much, especially with social media. But um, it's one of those things where I think we have to start figuring out how to invest in our communities more, how to make ourselves seen and, and valued on a broader scale, and how to get people who don't understand kind of what it's like to grow up in these communities who are just pointing fingers and um, spewing judgment rather than trying to figure out what their part is in it is and how we can make a difference. I think um, the more we can open people's eyes, the better off we'll be. And we really need to, once again, build community. You know, the community used to, I mean, apologize for the word, but police each other, right? It wasn't like we necessarily had to have someone in a police uniform coming in. Like, you know, my mom tells stories when she grew up and she was walking down the street by herself during the school day and she had six different adults. Like, aren't you so-and-so's daughter? What are you doing out here? Why aren't you in school, right? So it's like, as we lose our sense of community and and belonging and knowing one another, um, and that happens too because of 
the way our communities kind of, um, you know, we we have to move or forced to move because of gentrification. And, and there's, there's so mm-hmm. many levels that really it it all comes down to us really each looking at ourselves and saying, what am I doing to contribute to this? Because even yeah. if you aren't the person who's actually there holding somebody against their will or forcing people to do these horrific acts um, for your personal benefit. Um, even if you aren't that person, you are somehow contributing and making it possible for that person to do that. So looking yeah. at ourselves and saying, how are we as communities showing up and how can we do this different and better to help those that we have so long and first forgotten or um, not given their fair share mm-hmm. <laughs> like how do we how do we start doing that different and um i think it's up to all of us to kind of make changes and start these conversations and help open each other's eyes and really have empathy and understanding for people out there wow. so yeah oh my gosh yes empathy and understanding so important so so important and you know empathy Putting yourself in the shoes of another, not sympathy. Sympathy right. is going, oh, poor heart, mm-hmm. you poor baby. I will hope right. you get it together. Empathy is, <laughs> yeah. what does it feel like to be that person living on the corner there? And how can I try to make a difference um, in yes. their life as if it were me or my child? I always think of it because me, I don't know why I can't connect too hard with it when I think about me, but I think about if it was my baby that was on that street, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what what length would I go through, go to, to care for them? All right, we're going to take a quick break. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. Well, it is almost done here today, Janine. I just want to thank you so much for being here with me and being, uh, uh, you know, just uh, locking arms uh, with, with myself and the other agencies that are involved with EBIATC. Thank you, Janine. Oh, thank you. Thank you for all you do. And thank you. 
for being willing and open to kind of connect with other people. I think as we do that more and we have different organizations and communities and um, even the government kind of willing to work together to try to figure out the best way to make change, I think the better off we'll be. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, for those of you who are saying, you know, so what, what can I do? How can I get plugged in? Um, I want to encourage you, if you have someone who is the recipient of any kind of uh, support services from uh, from social services or from, you know, maybe they're on probation, maybe they're on parole, reach out to their social worker and put them in touch um, with me. Um, I'm happy to help connect them back to Darlene. Um, and actually, I'm sure Darlene... Um, would be open as well. You can reach out to her. She's B Hawkins, H-A-W-K-I-N-S at acgov.org. She will get you plugged right into the intake form that, that we have for EBIATC. You can also reach out to me. That's Vanessa at loveneverfailsus.com. Any of those pathways that might be of interest to you, I'll just kind of farm you out to wherever you need to go. Um, and then, um, and then you might be thinking, well, you know, do something even bigger. You know, I want to help the community. Well, here's a couple of things that you could, you could get involved with straight away. Um, on the 24th of June, we are doing a, a, uh, violence prevention coalition peace summit, citywide peace summit. I'm the chairperson in, in addition to my role at Love Never Fails. I've taken on the role as the chairperson of Violence Prevention Coalition for the city of Oakland. And we are we are doing an event, citywide event at Laney College. And we welcome you to come out. It is June the 24th. It is from 10 to 4 p.m. at Laney College. And um, if you shoot me an email, I'll get you the flyer so you can get registered. We're going to provide you lunch. There'll be prizes. Um, It's going to be a good day where we're going to talk about gun violence, youth violence, family system violence, and gender-based violence, including human trafficking and domestic violence, and talk about three things. We're not going to boil the ocean. We're going to talk about three things that we can achieve per track this year to try and address those issues in the city of Oakland. And hopefully, I believe the city of Oakland is ground zero, which is why I signed up for this. Uh, is ground zero for human trafficking across the region. And so I want to uh, encourage you. You can you can get involved today. Even just showing up and listening, hear the pain of people. See what they're see what they're saying. Hear them. Hug them. Ask them their name. Look them in the face. Give them dignity. Give them love. So please come out on June 24th um, and be a part of our VPC. Violence Prevention Coalition is what BPC stands for, uh, Citywide Peace Summit. All right. And then also we have some other exciting things to share with you. So on um, June the 20, I'm sorry, June the 17th, we are going to be doing a gospel album release party. Love Never Fails has created a gospel album um, with a bunch of survivors of interpersonal violence as the artists. And so we welcome you to come out on the afternoon of the 17th, June 17th, to Faith Fellowship Church in San Leandro. Um, Again, we don't have the actual time set yet, but just put a hold on your calendar if you don't mind. Um, And then we're doing a bunch of Juneteenth stuff. If you're in Antioch, we're doing a mentoring event. We're doing a Women Rock IT event with Cisco. We'd love to have you participate in that. If you're in Antioch, um, 
So if you're interested, I, again, some of these are a little bit loose, but I'd love to encourage you, shoot me an email if any of this sounds interesting and I'll get you the flyers and the dates. Um, we've got a Freedom Walk coming up in the city of Oakland in September. We have a, um, a golf event coming up at Discovery Bay um, later this year, too. If you're a golfer. That's a way that you can have fun and also financially support some of the work we're doing. Um, we just couldn't do any of this work without the support of all of you that are listening in. And so I want to encourage you, maybe you're thinking today, I want to get started by uh, supporting our work financially. You can do that in any amount. Um, it could be $10 a month. They could be $20 a month, 50, 100, whatever. Let me get a mind. No, I'm just kidding. But if you can do that, you go ahead and do that. <laughs> go to loveneverfailsus.com forward slash donate and get started today. So, of course, I'm going to end the show with my 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 uh, my line here, but uh, that I always end it with. But I want to just really get you here, get you listening. Listen here. If you haven't heard this before, maybe you need to hear it again. I want to make sure that you know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.